Come with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the and Kerrigan. Well, good evening, and thank you for massacring the Spanish language. <laughs> I, I, I am equally equally poor in all languages. Ah, uh, this is true. This is true. It shouldn't be surprising, right? And, and I have had uh, formal education in Spanish, Latin, French, and German. So there you go. Uh, okay. Good for you. Would you, like a medal? I mean. Would you like a medal with that? Would I, no, do you have any uh, Baileys? <laughs> I can use them right now. I only have wine. I'm sorry. Yeah, I know. You always wine. I mean, uh, uh, you always have wine is what I said. Uh, yep. Uh, right. Absolutely. Anyway, so you listen to the... Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, I have this really great wine that my friend Sherry Sharkey, the fabulous oh, yeah, Sherry, Sherry Sharkey, yep. Yep. gave me... It's from the Chronic Redhead. Cellars. Yes, my, mm. my fiery ginger. Mm. It's from uh, Chronic Cellars, uh, and it's called Dead Nuts. Paso Robles. So uh, I am enjoying that this evening. It's got a skull on the top of the cork. Mm-hmm. So anyways, just wanted to mention that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's very interesting. I know you're all excited about that. Yeah, yeah. I had, I had apparition wine. That was good. Ooh. So I don't know. Anyway, so listen to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation right here on Tojanet, Pararex, Astronet, Planet Paranormal, and maybe the Ghost Box. I don't know. However else we're being played. Who the hell knows? Picks up this ridiculous show. Uh, Anyways, we have... What's that? I said we get played all the time. Ha ha. Anyways. Yeah, yeah, we do. Uh, Anyways, uh, next week, of course, before I forget, is, is a video production, right? Yes, it is. Yes. Live from EBC TV. Yep, which will be, you can actually go on your TV set. If they, people still have TV sets? Uh, I think they are mostly going with mobile devices these days. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You know, yeah, you could have a TV set. I have a TV set. Yeah, so pick up the remote. Do they have remotes? Maybe they don't have remotes now. I don't know. They still have remotes. I'd be crazy. Confused, you know. What do you think people are going to get up and walk across the room? No, they just they just tell Google or whatever or somebody and say change the channel for me. That's or, true. They, or maybe they're married. They just have their wife do it. Like I. Do. <laughs> You're funny. Yeah, You're a funny, funny fellow. Yeah, yeah. Yes, you Anyways, are. we we have a great show tonight because we're going to talk all about fairies, and. Oh, I know. I could go so many different ways with that, but I'm not going to. Um, moving right along, we have some. Someone on our show who I've known for quite a while. I, I guess it's quite a while. I don't know. Anyway, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm reading a bottle cap. Um, yes, yeah, she nice. is. She While is you're a, introducing our guest. Yeah, I know. I, I, you know, chipmunk. There it is. Yeah. Um, so anyway, she has written uh, a purpurea books. Uh, my favorites, of course, is the Bizarre series. Or some people say bizarre, I like to say bizarre. 
but uh, that's my accent. And uh, she's written about mermaids, and she, she gave that lovely recitation on our mermaid show, right? Yes, she yes. did. Yes, yes. She did a fabulous. Yes, she did. Fabulous, simply fabulous. fabulous. And she has a new book out too, which uh, crap, I gotta go get it. Damn. <laughs> I know mine's upstairs. I just, I just messaged my husband. I'm like, bring me my book. I just, I just grabbed Among the Mermaids. That was the other one. <laughs> <laughs> I want to get. See, I wanted to do it justice and get the title right. So. Well, you already she, screwed that up. No, uh, she is the author of Fairies. Pukas and Changelings, the complete guide to the wild and wicked enchanted realm. And she is none other than my sweetheart, Vala Ventura. Ah. Oh. We lost her, right? Now she she's not away. talking to you. <laughs> I, I'm, not, I'm not sure where to come in on this, uh, on, in this situation. Hello. <laughs> that was... Quite the introduction. 2010, I think, is when we first began our our relationship. We'll See, she was listening. <laughs> oh, I heard it all. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. All. Hello. Sorry. Yes, Hello. Thank you. We're so happy you could be here. Thank you so much for having me back, and thank you for including me in your um, mermaid cast. That was a lot of fun, and... <laughs> And a challenge to figure out how to how to actually you know pull that off without um, making a complete fool or by making sure I was making a complete fool of myself because I, oh, you know, I wanted to fit yeah. in with Ron. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. You don't have to worry about making a fool of yourself in our show because we more than uh, make up for that. So there's yeah, no problem at true. all. Yeah. Well, I have mm -hmm. to say when you when you asked me to do that video, I did go back and watch a couple of the episodes that you did. And I, I oh, the that, first one I watched was the one where you guys are sitting in full pajamas <laughs> <laughs> around Christmas time with yeah. stocking caps on. And I thought, oh, this is OK. I'm not worried now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, there's absolutely. Yeah, no. Zero seriousness. On that our was show. one of our more serious shows, actually. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sure. You did discuss some serious topics, mm -hmm. <laughs> but they were all sort of delivered in, you know, long john. So, yeah. There you have so it. So, what are you saying? What are you saying, Vala? <laughs> uh, saying the kids loved it. The kids loved uh -huh. it. <laughs> yes. And, uh, you know, just uh, past uh, January, we did our New Year's show, which. Uh, I, I was able to come up with, consult, actually, a bunch of uh, pantheologists, and we were oh, able to tell God. you what your mood was for the day by what <sighs> color underwear you wore. So uh, that, that, that show was a hit, by the way, because I, I was at my red light seance, and uh, a woman came up to me, and she says, I have red on tonight. What does that mean? Nice. So, it, doesn't so sound, nice. it doesn't sound like that show was a hit with Anne. <laughs> oh, it was it was it's still better than the relics show. Oh, the relics show. That was so, yeah, I guess uh, if I had to choose panties or relics, we'd probably go with panties. No, I did not say panties. I said underwear. Underwear. Oh, yes. okay. sorry. Semantics. Yes. I did sorry. mention a pantanologist, but that's a different story. Uh, so anyways, <laughs> let's move on to more serious subject. Yes. Fair, fairies. <laughs> That's right. Very. <laughs> so, Viola, how did you become such an expert in the fairy realm? Well, you know, in, in some ways it just kind of 
was a natural fit for me, always sort of being interested in ghost stories and, um, you know, sort of unusual events and things like that. Um, but I think probably fairies kind of go back even even earlier in my life to, you know, we all had fairy tales that we learned or, or read about or, you know, watched as a kid. And for me, one of my earliest memories um, is my mom reading from the Anderson Fairy Tales, and it's an old copy of it. I, I have I have it still. It's an old hardbound copy. Oh, cool! Somehow it survived all these years. And I remember we we moved when I was a when I was a kid. We moved out of an urban uh, area in San Francisco, and we moved up to the foothills. And we moved like way off the grid we there was no running water there was no electricity oh. there's nothing there was just a shell of a house and Ooh. just before we moved into said shell of house we <laughs> camped by this um by this river this beautiful the yuba river it's a beautiful river and um we my mom would at night you know by the light of a kerosene lamp or a single candle she would read to us from one of the books that she had kept out um, from all the books that were packed away. And it was this Anderson's fairy tale. And I remember two stories in particular just haunting me. Now, everybody hears about the Grimm's fairy tales being so uh, grim and uh, <laughs> you know, so dark. And, and, and while they are, um, the Anderson's fairy tales are um, uh, quite, you know, don't, don't be, uh, don't be, uh, convinced by the modern interpretations of those because the two that stood out to me the most were uh, the little mermaid where you know she's she's walking and as she steps across the beach like bloody you know her feet are bloodied and like daggers are stabbing into her feet and i just remember that Ugh. image of just like mm. wow is this, this worth it you know like, is it really <laughs> worth the life of the prince and then um the other one was this one called The Girl Who Trod on a Loaf, about a selfish little girl who was supposed to bring this loaf of bread to her grandmother or something. And uh, she had these lovely little shoes on that she liked to dance around in. And as she was crossing this sort of boggy, muddy puddle, she throws down this loaf of bread because she doesn't want to, uh, you know, she doesn't want to get her shoes dirty. So she steps on the loaf in order to, you know, cross over this puddle. And this perfect loaf of bread, and she sinks down into, like, this, you know, boggy swamp and is sort of frozen there with, like, the swamp queen. And, you know, <laughs> it's totally terrifying. And so these stories, you know, you know, being, what, six or seven years old and being told these stories in the night, and you're really, like, we're in this campground in October waiting for, you know, to be able for the papers or whatever to close so my parents can move into this property. Oh, and no, it's I up there. There's no one else in this parking lot that is you know teeming in the summertime there's no one else playing on the river anymore there's no other children around it's just us whatever mm -hmm. things we see along the creek and that's when i kind of started really developing this um sort of conversation with with nature and sort of the love of like what's that under that rock is that you know is there a leprechaun dashing by that waterfall and things like that and my mom really fed my uh, magical imagination, and um, and I think that kind of you know just sort of went on to you know move into the uh, other areas of the magical realm from there. But you know, for fairies, it was really probably one of my first 
you know, my first loves and my first forays into um, the world of magic. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's, that's, um, good Lord. How long were you there? How long were you camping there in October? <laughs> yeah, it felt like ages, but I think we were there. I think we arrived in the summer. And so we arrived when there were lots of people around and one by one, all the people who were camping there, you know, it's like a, not a trailer park, but like a little bit of like a campground RV right. sort of situation. And we so, had this little so, trailer and one by one, everybody picked up and went away as the school year started. And, right. you know, I was supposed to go to school, but my mom didn't really want to, en- I don't even know she could enroll us in school until we had a residence. And so, right. um, or that's, she said, I'll keep you out till after Halloween and then we'll go in. So that <laughs> gives you a little uh, inkling. Oh my you God. Know, so it was wow. like one of those slasher no. movies where they disappeared one by one. I know, honestly. Right? One by one, they pulled away. The nice lady who gave you malt balls in the night. The nice lady who, you know, waved to you every time you, you know, went down by the water. And then the little the little boy that used to kick the ball was one by one. They all disappeared. And there yeah. is you and, and your family yeah. in this beat-up old trailer in the dead <laughs> of night in October. Yeah. <laughs> It was great. Let, yeah. There is <laughs> nothing it, sadder actually. than an empty campground because, you know, my husband and I are avid campers and it's so sad at that time. It's the saddest time of year to be in a campground is in October. And and it's I just know, but it's, I love it because I love it. Yeah, me too. Like you well, get you get no other people. You don't have suddenly you're just you're left alone. Yeah. Like I love when you go camping on the weekend and you stay Sunday night and everybody yes. leaves on Sunday morning. And then it's just right. you and the trees and the Lord knows what else is screaming in the woods, you know? Right. <laughs> I do. I do enjoy that. But I just have to say in, in that time of year when it's starting to cool down and the trees have lost their leaves, it's just, it's a very desolate time of year to be in a campground oh, so geez. i it's get true. It's that a sort of morose image yes it's a morose image to just see this like one loan and it wasn't like a state-of-the-art really nice art you know what i mean it was like right. a beat up like whatever we could pull behind my dad's you <laughs> yeah. <know>, old chevy <laughs> like yes. whatever got well, us yeah. up the hill and yeah. you're you at state to- park and uh it's- <laughs> There you are. <laughs> right. To get, which, you know, which white bread from, just the, fairies. from the convenience store. <laughs> so, yeah. Fairies. It Remember fairies? A, the fairies? Fairies. The fairies. Never mind camping fairies. I want to talk about fairies. I'm sorry. We got stuck on a tangent. Damn. <laughs> you, and you yell at me. Oh. <laughs> so, so this is how I you were at this got desolate... So that's the title. Oh. Oh, while you were at these desolate campground where all humanity was lost, did you run into any fairies? Did you see any fairies? Well, I was convinced that I had a leprechaun encounter. Um, And I still to this day have a bit of a memory of it. But I remember seeing like this leaf move in this way and see something that I thought was dashing out. Now, the rational grown-up part of me is like, well, it's very small, that rational grown-up part, of course. But it's a little bit like, well, maybe it was a, a bunny or, a, you know, a squirrel or something like that. But I swore it was a, a little being, a little creature. And as I, I think you know, the point is that this is a time when I started developing this sort of ability to go and sit by myself in the woods for hours at a time and just sort of converse with the babbling brook and, you know, believe in and hear sort of those those um, kind of fairy sounds and look for fairy signs. So that's kind mm-hmm. of where my, my obsession began. 
And as well, I got older, I became more interested in the even scarier sides with, and the, you know, funnier sides with, you know, creatures like banshees and pukas and changelings that are all um, a little more uh, malicious or uh, vicious than, you know, what we think of as like a, you know, little leprechaun. Right. Right. So, I mean, every culture has some type of a little people terrorizing us, uh, stealing babies, stealing money, stealing milk, stealing whatever, <laughs> a bunch of crooks, actually. But uh, so do you think there is some base? Are they real? Do you think there's some basis of, 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 of all this? Oh, yes, absolutely. I don't have the solution to what they are. And, you know, many cultures see um, ghosts and fairies in the same way and see a lot of, you know, you see a lot of crossover. And even in, you know, a lot of the Irish lore, something like a banshee is a sort of a cross between uh, a ghost and something of the fairy realm. So I think, you know, in in pretty much every culture, there's some belief in what happens in the great beyond and whether or not we converse with our ancestors. And there are many people who believe that, you know, these are either, you know, entities that help us uh, cross over. They are, some, some people believe they are ghosts and manifestations of, you know, um, people's whatever they had to work out on earth. And um, I kind of tend to think, I mean, I can see where there's lines that cross. It's not a this or that sort of situation. It's more of a circular overlapping kind of situation. But I, I tend to think of them as separate from ghosts. And yet I still consider them part of the greater realm of uh, magical and mystical and, uh, you know, supernatural beings. But absolutely, I, I think there's plenty of anecdotal evidence and probably a little bit of uh, actual evidence. But like, you know, many things, as time goes on, we're left with the stories. And, um, you know, that's all we really that's all we really had to go have to go on with, uh, you know, uh, a, a lot of the magical creatures. And I think more people are willing to come forward and say that they've had a ghost encounter than they are to say, oh, well, I think I had a fairy encounter. But can right. we just clarify for a moment about, like, what we're talking about when we say fairies? Because I am not just talking about one specific winged sort of lovely little thing that goes, you know, from tulip to daffodil. No, Those are flower fairies, and they're, they have their place. Um, but we're talking about sort of the greater kingdom of the fae, of the fairy. And within those, you have the trickster fairy like the puka. You have the robber fairy, the changeling. You have, um, you know, banshees do fall in that cat in, in, under that umbrella. So you have, you know, goblins, elves, gnomes, dwarves. These are all sort of like the general grouping of fairies. So just to clarify, when I say fairies, I, you know, I'm talking about sort of the whole um, enchanted realm of, of the fairy world. Right. We have, we have a question from the uh, chat room for you, and that is, uh, what type of fairies are in America? Well, I mean, there's a, there's a number of, you know, very things very similar to um, some of the fairies that you might see in the you in the lore of the UK or Ireland, 
you have a lot of a lot of uh, creatures that have a sort of a symbiotic relationship with like farms and farm animals. And so you have, you know, creatures that tidy things up and sort of so something like a hobgoblin or a, a house fairy. Um, I, I am a believer that, you know, things can stow away on ships and did, you know, uh, so things came over with uh, people in their trunks and, and who knows what. Um, but definitely, and then there's all manner of sort of like, you know, dwarfy things and things that dwell deep in the, in the woods and there's nymphs and uh, water creatures and, you know, lake monsters and all those kind of mystical, magical things. And they're not specific only to one continent. Although I will say that my area of interest and my primary area of expertise in terms of folklore and research does tend to be in sort of the... Um, the lore of Ireland and um, parts of like Scandinavia. That's just sort of where I tend to read a lot about and kind of gravitate mm -hmm. toward. But that's not to say that that's the only, you know, the only example. I mean, you have the Duende in um, Mexico and South America, which are um, much like a, a goblin-like creature. Um, there's goblins all over Japanese lore and. Um, all kinds of magical creatures in, in that kind of realm. But, yes, there are, to answer the question, the long way around, um, <laughs> there are definitely fairies in, in, the, in the U.S. And, uh, you know, a lot of people think that fairies are just these tiny little things, but fairies can be quite big, actually. Yeah, and, and a lot of them are shapeshifters and can take, you know, the form of other things. So... You and and can temporarily sort of you know become larger than life or appear larger than than you are. Um, the puka is a great example because the puka is really a trickster and a and a shapeshifter. And and be warned because April Fool's Day is coming up, and so that's a great opportunity <laughs> to kind of channel your inner puka. But the puka <laughs> is. Um, you know, usually appears as an animal in an animal form, often a horse or a um, goat uh, or a rabbit. And, uh, you know, it kind of exists to make you think you, you know, sort of he's a reoccurring fairy. So he'll appear and you'll see him out of the corner of your eye and you'll just be like, wait, what was that? No. Did I just talk with a rabbit? No, I don't think so. <laughs> And then, you know, the next night or three nights later, you're stumbling home from the pub and you see it again and you try and tell people. And, and, you know, the thing is, is pukas do kind of tend to prey on, on drunks. And <laughs> I think that that's because... Why not? Um, <laughs> well, and this is probably why we relate to the puka so much, right? Because this is the this is the creature that kind of exists both to trick you, but also to sort of warn you, like a little bit of like a war like a warning ghost might appear um, yep. The puka is like, don't get so close to the cliff, you drunken fool. I'll scare <laughs> you back. And, you know. So those little they, voices the we thing, hear in our head are really fairies? They're really pukas? I don't know what you hear in your head, Ron. <laughs> I, <laughs> okay. I'm not going to go saying. on record as uh, saying I Just know saying. what that is. but. <laughs> and, and I have to read the name of the chapter about the pukas from your book. Okay, so this is chapter three. The name of the chapter is, I'm not drunk, it's just my puka. Tales of the trickster fairy and its wild counterparts. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Well, you know, I had the greatest to read that chapter first. Of, uh, 
<laughs> the greatest example of a puka is um, that we probably, well, I guess those of us who aren't, you know, under 30 can hopefully relate to this. Uh, for the under 30 crowd or the uh, 40 and under crowd, we'll talk about Donnie Darko. But for the rest of us, we'll talk about um, Jimmy Stewart as Elwood P. Dowd in, oh. in Harvey, which, of course, was a play, a stage play that was adapted for film starring Jimmy Stewart. And remember, he's sort of the town drunk, and he keeps seeing this rabbit, and he's talking to this rabbit. Oh, leave me alone. <laughs> and he's sorry. That's my Jimmy Stewart impression. <laughs> that's you can't perfect. see the face I was making, and I'm very happy to hear that. Um, <laughs> so he's, you know, he keeps seeing this thing, and he's embarrassing his sister, and he's just, you know, he doesn't care, and but he's having this conversation with this giant white rabbit that keeps following him around, and only he can see him. And he's actually, you know, this, this rabbit kind of torturing him in a way, but, you know, he's just sort of like, well, whatever. People just think I'm the town drunk anyway. And, <laughs> and to be honest, like, you do actually see that. You see that also in a lot of the leprechaun stories, um, sort of the dismissal of the story as, oh, he had a few too many. Oh, we took right. a you know took a walk down the wrong road, and you see that I have a couple of leprechaun stories in there that I had to include because I read them and I just laughed so hard when I read them, <laughs> uh, because one of them is about this leprechaun. This it's one of, one of them is about this man who is very hardworking. He doesn't go to the pub every night with everyone else. Mm-hmm. He works in the fields. He goes to bed when the sun sets, and instead of Everyone thinking, my, what a hard-working man. They all think, obviously, he has so much money, he's got a leprechaun, and he's hiding it. And so oh. here's this guy who's trying really hard to, like, do the right thing and be a good man. And instead, the entire town ostracizes him because he refuses to tell where the leprechaun is that he's hiding. And they're convinced. Okay. These are all the guys. Well, the a, le- a, lepre- a leprechaun is telling me that we have to take a break. So we have to right. uh, take enough. a break right now. <laughs> if we can continue that l- later. You listen to the Ghost Chronicles, Next Generation with Ann Carrigan, Ron Kolick, and our special guest, Vala Ventura, right here on Tojinet, Pararex, Planet Paranormal, Astronet, and wherever else. We'll be right back. Can you hear me? My name is Harry Price. I am speaking to you via the medium of the Ghost Box. Many of you will know I carried out the first live radio broadcast from Haunted House way back in 1936 for the BBC. Now, thanks to the wonders of modern technology, I am still able to keep abreast of 21st century ghost hunting by listening to Ghost Chronicles International on Togginet, Parax Radio, The Ghost Channel, and even on something called a podcast. Two splendid chaps host it. One is an American who calls himself New England's own Van Helsing, although I have discovered his real name is Ron Kolek. The other is Stephen Parsons, and he is a paranormal scientist. Well, mustache, I am required elsewhere on something called a K2. But don't forget, I'll be listening in every Tuesday from 8 o'clock in Great Britain and 3 o'clock on the American Eastern Seaboard. I trust you will join me there. Feel the need to do some soul searching or make some changes in your life to create a more positive future? Then Circles of Wisdom is just the place for you. Circles of Wisdom is a metaphysical bookstore and more, located on Route 28 in downtown Andover, Massachusetts. 
We carry a large selection of books and music, crystals and gemstones, jewelry and gifts, sage, aromatherapy, and so much more. All in a relaxing and welcoming atmosphere. We offer classes on a variety of topics like yoga, Reiki, psychic development, alternative healing, and personal transformation. For guidance on this journey we call life, get a reading from one of our many readers at Circles of Wisdom, 90 Main Street in downtown Andover, right next to Bertucci's. Call us at 978-474-8010 or check us out on the web at www.circlesofwisdom.com. Lots to see and do in a feel-good place, an oasis in this hectic world. In. What, are you, <laughs> what are you talking about? You gotta let it breathe. That's it, I thought it was over. I thought no, it was... it's about a minute. That's the theme to Van Helsing. What is the matter with you, girl? Oh. I was too busy dancing. I'm yeah, sorry. Evidently. Go ahead, dancing. carry on. Your Conan, the barbarian music. Okay, yeah. it's Ron and Ann, and our special guest this evening, <laughs> of fairies, pukas, and changelings, Varla Ventura. All are. right, there we are. Hello. Did, We're did, back. You fi- did, did you finish your story about the guy that they thought they had a hidden the leprechaun? Oh, he's hiding the leprechaun. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, uh, <laughs> anyway, so they think he's hiding a leprechaun, and he ends up, instead of, you know, being rewarded for all of his hard work and his, you know, good behavior, he's ostracized from the entire village, and everybody just thinks he's a liar because he yeah. won't say. He swears up and down no matter what he says. He protests with all of his heart that he never ha- caught a leprechaun, doesn't have anything to do with a leprechaun, and uh, no one believes him. So it's there pretty funny. And then there's another so, great story uh, about a guy who, you know, has to, like, uh, he thinks he's tricked the leprechaun, and he goes into the pub, and he's bragging, and he says, eh, you know, round on me, everybody's dinner on me. And then in the end, you know, he opens the bag, and there's nothing in it. It's a one Bama. gold coin. The leprechaun says, what you do is you pull out the one gold coin, and another one will appear. So take this magic bag. Instead of my golden pot, you can have this magic bag. So the guy says, oh, all right, I'll take that magic bag. It sounds great. So he reaches in, and he pulls out the one gold coin, and he puts it down, and he reaches in to pull out the second gold coin, and not surprisingly, there's nothing there. And the leprechaun, the leprechaun just you know, oh, laughs. Bama. Yeah. Sad story. Sort sad of a story. bummer, but you know he was kind of mean to the leprechaun, so. Uh. Oh, that's so sad. <laughs> Anyways, we have actually another, have another question for you. Is there a hierarchy in the realm of the fairies? Aha. Ooh, that's a good question. I mean, I, it, it certainly seems to be that way. There are definitely. I mean, they they do seem to coexist in a pretty you know solid way. Now you hear lots of stories of like the fairy king and the fairy queen. But I think in, within each um, sort of facet of the fairy kingdom, there, there is a, a hierarchy. There's certainly a goblin king. Uh, you know, there's certainly a head trickster. I don't think, I think banshees are just sort of free agents, to be honest. I think they just do what they want. <laughs> but um, certainly with some of the more, what, uh, for lack of a better term, the more domestic fairies, the fairies that sort of live, you know, among us and within our homes, the ones that, you know, take care of our our houses and our crops and also can curse those things if you're if you don't treat them right. 
um, there seems to be, you know, some kind of uh, hierarchy there. But um, as far as the gr- the great fairy kingdom, I mean, you you do see, like I said, uh, maybe like a head a head fairy for the different kinds. But um, you know, there's <clears throat> there's not one big overseeing grand uh, grand fairy that conducts it all. Maybe there is. Uh, I don't know him <laughs> or her. I don't. Probably the her. <laughs> so are they are they considered ele- elementals? Well, I mean that's a, that's something that ties in with sort of the origins of fairies, especially in Ireland, where they um, they are elementals and they kind of have evolved from elementals. And there's a lot of connection to just like you know we hear of the legend of, of King Arthur and having you know all of this magical significance. Well, the original clans in Ireland and the original kings were in cahoots with the uh, with the woods and the and the woodland creatures and the and the hill creatures and uh, you know depending on what where you were if you lived along the sea or if you lived in the craggy limestone or um, so certainly hmm okay so uh, somebody also mentioned about brownies the uh, brownies uh, are helpful fairies right. Yeah, well, more or less, yes, brownies are helpful fairies. Brownies kind of fit in the same category as, you know, a lot of these terms um, are interchangeable. Like, for example, goblin and hobgoblin can mean the same thing in, in uh, like, Wales, but in another, in another area you might call it a brownie. And I think the brownie is actually from Wales. And also there's a, a similar creature in, in Scotland. And they are helpers. They hang out in your house or sometimes in your barn, and you just give them a little. So you give them a nice little dish of fresh milk and some fresh food or a cup of wine and a fresh meal, and you can't leave them leftovers, and you can't oh. leave them curdled things. You have to. You can't just be like, oh, I have some mashed potatoes left over. Let's leave this for the fairy. You have to prepare them something proper from the cut that everybody else gets. And if oh, you do goodness. this, the brownie will help you with cleaning your house will protect your co- crop your, your will um, keep keep you know some sort of the more um, malevolent fairies at bay but as soon as you're too lazy to do it or you <laughs> cross them you know then you get you know you get things like um, you know your 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 crops fail or your your animals get you know some kind of horrible pox or someone falls <laughs> ill in your house which can happen the same sort of thing that um, you know also is blamed on witches. Uh, a lot of it, right. you know, and witches are believed to be in cahoots with the fairies anyway, so why not just blame it on them? But really, <laughs> you know, you have, you have human so. error. Rightfully so. And human error uh, is almost always the cause of any sort of negative uh, fairy sort of thing, oh, you know, any, any kind of negative energy from them. Right. So. Mm. <laughs> the, the, thing, the thing that I thought was funny is that Amongst all these uh, these woodland folks are uh, trolls. Like um, I always think about the trolls. trolls, you know, like the Billy Goats Gruff and um, what was the movie with the big troll in it? Uh, oh God, now I can't remember. Good. And well, there was, like trolls, there was you troll, think of these are enormous. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And so there's a. Um, there's a, a really interesting story about these trolls that sort of uh, they sort of oversee this wedding 
and they they kind of like that's I, I, it's somewhere in Scandinavia. I have to like I guess I could look in the book. It's right in front of me. But these trolls sort of it's like a a, a wedding where that you know this lovely troll prince is going to marry this lovely uh, woman, and uh, in the end. Something goes wrong. Some human doesn't hold up their end of the bargain, and before they get caught, they, you know, one of them turns into a ball of yarn and rolls on down the hill. <laughs> and so, like, that got me thinking, like, okay, that, like, I've never heard anything like that before. And it started making me think just about the affinity of like trolls living in sort of, you know, rural areas where you would ha- maybe have like sheep and goats, and so the kind of, you know, and certainly in like. Scandinavia, how important wool was. And so you can kind of see like these um, connections between the way daily life was and what you needed to survive and what then creature you would sign, assign or ascribe the, um, the uh, responsibility of overseeing that so that mm-hmm. it wasn't all just up to human error or, you know, um, you know, it was a version of, of God. It was, you know, like, okay, well, the trolls are in charge of this. The trolls are, you know, the, the goblins are in charge of that. And, you know, the flower fairies yep. are in charge of this kind of plant and, and all these, you know, and there's a lot of uh, work in the magical community. I'm, I'm sure you've had a few people on your show over the years, too, that, or have met, you know, met more than one, but you know, there's there's such a tie-in with fairies and gardening and ethnobotany and the belief of, you know, mm-hmm. everything sort of having its own spirit and its own entity and, you know, the magic that you can get from that or the poison that you can get right. from that. And so you mm-hmm. see these old illustrations of a beautiful garden and, you know, you see this sort of like sinister looking being or snake coming out of a poisonous plant and you see these old representations from like medieval times and you realize that you know people had this closer connection to that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, rem- go ahead what? go ahead i mean as i i remember growing up and um you know i'm half irish i'm half irish half french and i can always remember my aunt nell who was an old irish spinster lady and talking about the banshees and, you know, oh, the wind is howling, like sounds like the banshees and, you know, you, you need to go to bed or the banshees will get you. And um, it's just such a part of, you know, that folklore or what have you, you know, and I always thought like a banshee was a ghost, you know. Yeah. So we get we get back to that fairy ghost connection again, you know. But, um, yeah, it's all, it's kind of ingrained, I don't know, at least in me. <laughs> well, certainly, okay. and so, so many of these stories, you know, like even, even the stories that we have today that maybe were gathered by, like, William Butler Yeats or the Brothers Grimm, I mean, what they were doing, um, and, you know, there are others at the time, there's, you know, Robert Kirk in and, and Scotland, and they're, they're, they're gathering the stories and putting them, they're gathering the oral tradition and putting them in written form, and mm-hmm. they're talking to, like, the old-timers. They're talking to, like, you know, and we're, this, a lot of these were recorded in the, between the, you know, 16 to 1800s. And right. so, you know, you're talking about like the old school old timers and mm-hmm. um, you get these. In fact, uh, Yates originally called his story that's now called his collection is called like, I don't know, some, it's called something like Irish 
tales of, or you know, great great fairy tales of Ireland. It was originally called Irish Tales of the Peasantry because it uh-huh. was, you know you walked around and talked to all the peasants, all the you know all the regular people in the villages and, and gathered their stories. And when you do that, you know, and you you have people who have not communicated across you know a valley, and they have very you know similar stories and similar beliefs and. You know, you just kind of start seeing like the the connections between the different um, regions and countries, and you know, uh, globally. Now, somebody from the uh, Parrot chat room said that the heads of the fairy realm are called divas, D-E-V-A-S, and they're beings oh, sure. of uh, immense power. Sure. I mean, is that correct? It, it, uh, I mean, I've heard of divas, and I, I believe that they are sort of like the head of, you know, elementals. But um, I, I honestly, in all of the things that I've read, um, I haven't really found a lot of evidence to suggest that there are, um, you know, like a sort of a an organized sort of, a, you know, head of very uh, Organized hierarchy. Like we, Mm-hmm. Yeah, not not in the sense that maybe we think of it like you know like like a Midsummer Night's Dream. I mean, I think that's a lovely depiction of the fairy realm. But in all honesty, um, you know, and I'm sure there's many many more stories that go far beyond my scope of knowledge. But I, I'm not saying that that's incorrect or that I you know that's not real. But I I don't. I guess I just kind of have a little bit of a different perspective of it. I think there are origin stories, and then there are, like, sort of the existing um, creepy realms. But I am familiar with divas, and, um, yeah, I mean, they, they're sort of like the idea that, you know, fairies came from these elementals, and they sort of split, and you had, you know, earth and air, and so you have your, you know, dwarfy sort of earthen fairies, and you have your, you know, brighty air fairies and you have your nymphy water fairies and 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 they all kind of can be traced back but mostly i can trace them back to um sort of like the original clans in ireland and um the same thing with banshees where there's just sort of this inherited and, and you know i mean i'm not talking about i'm sure there's plenty of books modern books on it i'm mm-hmm. i'm talking about like you know the the folkloric record that that i've um been reading and researching so by all means right. if you've got some old school you know 16th century text that talks about divas i'd love to i'd love to read it mm. i have a question from the togi chat uh, from allison can someone in our family have done something wrong to one and they put a curse on the family for a long time well you for sure oh yeah what <laughs> oh yeah, you're yeah. you're screwed, Allison. <laughs> you're screwed. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, you know, just like you can inherit, I I know you guys are familiar with sort of you know ghosts that you can inherit, and there are mm-hmm. so many different kinds of ghosts, right? There's like place ghosts. There's ghosts that are people that seem to have like ghosts that follow them around. And then there's sort of inherited ghosts or inherited warning ghosts, and the banshees can be inherited. I mean, I'm sure that there's a way to write it if, you know, the generation um, that, you know, did whatever the, you know, horrible thing was. But, I mean, that's a classic theme 
throughout the fairy realm is I curse you and I curse your your child and I curse your children's children and your children's children after that. So I'm sure there are things that you can do to sort of, you know, remedy that just like, you know, you can uh, exercise a house, right? Right. So you have to probably approach it like that. Um, and, and I think that that's possible, especially if you're a cool person that like believes in fairies and wants to, you know, make amends. <laughs> they like whiskey. <laughs> right. Right. Nathan, yeah, I, it's a five five five. I actually, yeah. Uh, uh, oh. Is it true that every time a person says they don't believe in fairies, somewhere a fairy falls down dead? He says that's from Peter oh. Pan. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yes, that's, that's great. totally true. <laughs> yeah, it's absolutely true. Absolutely true. <laughs> I, I'm slowly killing off one by one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, anyways, uh, I was going to post on our page, but we can't seem to get on our page, that uh, they actually found the, the skeletal remains of uh, trolls in several places. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Oh, that'd be, I'd love to, yeah, put that on your page. I'd like to, I'll, I'll Yeah, I wish I could, but we can't. For some reason, we can't get on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe later. Maybe later. I don't know. So if I do find it, I'll post yeah. it. Yeah. Now, I wanted to talk for a second, I, we, I know we have a little bit more time, about changelings, because I think that is a really fascinating thing, and I can remember when I was a teenager, like, and started to read, like, romance novels and things like that, I I remember this, like, probably the first romance novel I ever read was called Kilmany in the Dark Woods, and it was about uh, a changeling. You know how this woman was a changeling, and I had—I was like uh, probably cool. like thirteen. <laughs> I had no clue, and um, very impressionable, like, of course. <laughs> yes, of course. But I just—can t- you t- talk about changelings for a moment for our our listeners? Yeah, I mean, changelings are are especially scary because um, you know the the changelings are sort of these like replacement babies. So the you know they'll come and they'll take you know the fairies will come and they take away your your baby. And they can also take full grown. They can take adults. They can take older children. It's most common with babies. And right. you can imagine here you are. You know you're completely sleep deprived and totally out of it because you were just in labor for two days in like the Irish countryside. <laughs> and you're trying to recover from that, and then, you know, you get up, and you, you're so happy to see this beautiful baby, and then the baby doesn't quite look right, but you, mm-hmm. you're just like, oh, I must just not have had enough sleep. This is, you know, I mean, what is your biggest fear when you're a parent? You're constantly, it's like, you know, till they're 18, you're opening the door and saying, he's still breathing, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> yes. like, he's in his room, okay, he's still breathing. So as a, you know, so that just makes it that, you know, so you were to look over, roll over, look in the bassinet, and there is this thing that it looks wrong, but you're not quite, you have different kinds of people. You have people who won't under any circumstance accept that that's not their baby and just kind of say, oh, well, it's fine, and just raise them themselves. You have people that are, you know, sort of blissfully ignorant, and then you have the people who are like, that's not my baby, and I know what to do. And the way to get rid of a changeling, and you have to act fast. If you notice your baby's been snatched, you have to act fast, and you have to do some really horrifying things 
in mm-hmm. order to catch the fairies before they take the baby back into the fairy realm where they will just raise it, marry it off to another fairy being, and then that that person that that has become now this living into the mortal living in the fairy realm um, can reappear and appear in our daily lives. And then you also have these changeling, these changeling babies who have been raised up and um, they right. don't quite fit in. Um, and, you know, you kind of, sometimes you think someone like Bjork might be an example of that, right? Because her <laughs> voice is just amazing and she's just not like everyone else. And so she's this incredibly gifted beautiful, talented, you know, person as well. She certainly, she bargained with the fairies for that one. And mm-hmm. then you have, you know, a, a one that doesn't live very long because it basically eats everyone out of house and home and then just sort of like lumbers on off back to the fairy realm. <laughs> uh, and then you do have occasionally, you know, a very, uh, most often it's a beautiful young maiden who is snatched away at the prime mm-hmm. of her youth to uh, become, you know, the bride of some young fairy prince or something, but you know, right. very most of the time it's a it's a baby, and you have baby. to do things with the involves a red hot poker, oh. um, some pretty like gnarly. It's a pretty drastic measure, so you have to be very confident in this that you think mm. it's a changeling. So there's some amazing stories out there, and there's quite a few very similar stories where you can kind of start to glean a, a remedy here. Um, that I do not endorse, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, my, my mother has always told me that, that I was I was a changeling. You were a changeling? Was, yeah, they stole, her right. real, they stole her real son and gave him me. That's what she always told I me. I think I, she's right. I, could, I, absolutely, yeah, I mean, I, I'm sorry. I, I think I, I agree that I could totally see that, and it's, <laughs> and it's okay. But, it's a good thing. And, and you know, it's interesting. The subject is that uh, Spirit Quest this year, and uh, the end of September, beginning of October, when Steve Pass will be over here. Spirit Quest is Houdini and Doyle, and as part of Spirit Quest, uh, we're going to have a workshop on fairy houses where you build fairy houses, and then that at, uh, we're going to place the fairy houses along the fairy trail and set up some game cams and see if we can capture some fairies. That's going to be part of it. There also be uh, Steve will be giving a, uh, a presentation on the the uh, course the uh, oh I can't, just lost the name of them but the famous fairy pictures uh, that uh, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle of course was so involved with uh, in the UK but uh, yeah it's going to be neat it's, a, it's totally awesome stuff fairies I love it I love fairy houses yeah, yeah. And, and oh the fairy yeah house... I've been go ahead I've been just um... I, I've actually been rereading The Hobbit lately. It just, oh, you know, when, you know, I figured I'll just go back to the, because I, you know, I read The Lord of the Rings, and it was quite honestly, I read it when I was a, you know, preteen, and The right. Hobbit really resonated with me, and the rest was very confusing. And then I saw the movies as an adult, and I was like, I'm still kind of confused. <laughs> it's very to, like, yeah. Goes along with it, so I thought, well, you know, I'm going to start from the beginning again and read it because there's just so much to say about this and, and in there. And, uh, you know, it just takes you back to that, even that scene where, you know, you know, hobbits live in holes and, or in a hole there, there was a hobbit. And you mm-hmm. just have this, like, you know, the roundy door and the whole kind of, like, fairy realm thing. And you think, can I just put one of those in my backyard? I know, you know right? <laughs> someone who can just build me a, like, you know, 
if I can't shrink down to three inches high, what what can I do to make myself feel <laughs> that I have? <laughs> And then you talked, I lo- and, and guys, you got to buy this book. It's pretty awesome. And, and in the book, you talked about uh, the elves, the elven realm, and uh, how Le- Legolas from, uh, <laughs> from The Hobbit or from The Lord of the Rings, you know, and I'm just like, oh, yeah, yeah, elves, elves are cool. <laughs> oh, yeah, elves are way yeah. cool. I remember, I don't know, um, I, this is dating myself again, but we used to, we woodland kids, they were walking around barefoot off the grid. We used to spend a lot of time playing Elf Quest. So I don't know if you uh-huh. remember this, but it was a comic series, and it was about these elves. And uh, you know, we all picked our character, and then we would we would act it out in the woods. And I don't even remember what the plots were. You know, it was like you know, someone was stealing something or a lot. But we were really into that, and that was like, man, elves—they can do anything. You know, they're sort yes, of like a catch-all super magic creature. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, I love yeah, that. Yeah, the the fairy houses. The the reason people build these things is is to uh, attract the fairies, correct? Yeah, you want to so. attract the fairies, and also you want to appease the fairies. So now you've heard of um, Sindhorn in Scotland, right? What is mm-hmm. is that a bad noise? Is yeah, that that's a, uh, that door pizza from the dead. Pizza from the dead's here. Okay, yeah, we got to wrap it up. A, is that a wrap it up noise? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll just leave Findhorn on everyone's mind. Findhorn is this amazing community in Scotland. It sort of formed in the 70s in which people began to make offerings and work with the elementals and the fairies in order to grow crops in a very uh, unforgiving environment. And not only did they find great success, they um, sort of formed this whole magical community around it. So... That's a great example of, you know, living with the elemental. Mm. Oh, awesome. What's the name of this community again? Findhorn. Uh, it's like find, most people say findhorn, but I think it's supposed to be findhorn, and it's F-I-N-D-H-R-N. Yeah, they don't speak uh, very good English in England, so I, can, I don't know what to say. But anyways. Uh, <laughs> well, it's in Scotland, Bala. so don't get it wrong. That's not England. <laughs> Oh, but Scotland, right. Oh, I'll, be, I'll be crucified <laughs> for that. So uh, check out Bala Matura. Bala, what's your website if people are, or how can people uh, find out more about you and all these cool books you've written, wrote? Uh, <clears throat> yes, VarlaVentura.net, V-A-R-L-A-V-E-N-T-U-R-A.net. Um, Backupsys.com on the book, by the way. I know, I know. I was about oh. to say there's a misprint on the book. It is not .com. Mm. I actually had .com and had a hostile pirated takeover of the .com. Oh, and, and they that. tried to sell it back to me for like $18,000. Well, you want this domain name? You can have it. So I said, fine, I'll just take .net for $99 oh. a year. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> .net, but you know, you just Google my name and it's the first thing that appears. And, um, right. Of course, I'm on Facebook. You can find me there, and occasionally yeah. I tweet. But you know, I'm just yeah. not. Yeah. I'm not yeah. brief, yeah. so I'm not good on yep. Twitter. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> show's all over, by the way. Yep, yep. we gotta go. <laughs> the music's on. We've gotta go. So you've been listening right. to Go Ghost Chronicles so with Varla Ventura. Good night. And God bless everyone. Good night. Thank you, Varla. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me.
From goalies to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us, good Lord.